Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska. Good to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're thankful for this opportunity. We're thankful to have the means and the ability to be able to teach God's Word through the medium of radio and through this program, Search the Scriptures. And we do exactly as that name suggests. We dig deep into God's Word. We peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak, as I keep saying, and we look at it in detail. But at the same time, we try to explain the teachings of God's Word in a way that is easy to understand and grasp, but also that makes sense for your everyday life. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. So if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and check us out in person. Many people have done that from these radio programs over the years, and many have stayed on with us. Come and check us out. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Study God's Word with us. Worship God with us. Grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church, bu- our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Our Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, 10.30 at, uh, for worship, 6 o'clock on Sunday evenings for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged, middle of the week, each Wednesday evening at 6.30, We have midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We encourage you to come and be with us. Now, we also encourage you to tell everybody you can about this program and tell them also about our website, churchofchrist.com, www.churchofchrist.com. And tell them to scroll down to the podcast button, click on that, sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. We know there are people, even in the Omaha area, who listen to this program regularly, but they cannot always be with us at services, and they cannot always be with us on this radio program at the times that it airs. But if you sign up for our podcasting, you'll always automatically receive this program five days a week, Monday through Friday, on your smart device, whichever one you choose, your phone, your computer, or whichever. And not only will you receive Search the Scriptures, but you'll also receive our Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and I think a really great short Bible study every single day, seven days a week that we call today's Bible class. It's only about 13 minutes or so along each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's important to keep us strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So churchofchrist.com, click on the podcast button, sign up for our podcasting. Again, free, always free. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study today. We're going to be talking about something that is really fundamental to Christianity and to our soul's destiny. Do you have confidence that you're going to be in heaven for all of eternity? Now, that would probably catch a lot of people rather flat-footed. We don't want to just presume, but, you know, the Scriptures teach us that we can have confidence in that prospect. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, John the Apostle wrote this, 
These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, the understanding there of believing in Jesus is not just an intellectual understanding and agreement. We've talked about that many times on these programs. But it is the understanding, the inherent understanding, that this kind of faith in Jesus means that we're going to not only believe in him, but we're going to obey his teachings. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the sense there is, if you love me, truly love me, you will keep my commandments. So that kind of belief or faith is coupled with obedience, dedication, commitment on a consistent basis. It's our lifestyle. Well, I want us to think about a particular church hymn. Been around for oh quite a while now, but it's beautiful, beautiful hymn. And it was actually written in 1910, although I wasn't around then. But I have come to learn this song and, and sing it for quite a number of years now. Again, very beautiful, very, very meaningful. It's entitled One Day. That's the name of the song, One Day. Our worship in song is primarily focused on praising and glorifying God. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 15, the Hebrews writer wrote this, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, one one way that we would give the sacrifice of praise to God through the fruit of our lips certainly would be through prayer. And in prayer, we need to not just thank God for all of the blessings that he bestows upon us and not just petition him for more blessings, but we also ought to offer him praise and glorify him through our prayers. But now, that's not the only way. It's not only through prayer that we need to be offering the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, as the Hebrews writer brings out here. We also need to be doing that, bringing praise to him through the fruit of our lips by means of our worship in song. I listened to a fellow one time. He was talking about how he really enjoyed a production, a musical production in the church he was attending at that time. I think they probably had a band, and it was probably a choreographed kind of presentation. Well, I've, I've made a differentiation a long time ago between our worship in song before God and a choreographed show that is put on. Now, some people would find that perhaps offensive. I think it's simply a differentiation pointed out in Scripture. We're to worship God in song. And here the Hebrews writer says we need to praise him through the fruit of our lips. When we've got somebody performing for us, that's them doing that. That's not us. We need to be praising God. We need to be worshiping God. We need to be glorifying God through the words of those songs. In fact, in in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, the Apostle Paul wrote, speaking to one another 
in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, in your heart, singing and making melody in your heart, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that's talking about the individual Christian worshiping God in song, but also notice that the Apostle Paul here brings out that there's more than just the focus. That's the primary focus, and that's praising God, worshiping him in song, glorifying him through the words of those songs. But Paul brings out here also that we're speaking to one another. We're teaching to one another through the words and messages conveyed in those songs. We read also along this line in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. And here again, the Apostle Paul writing, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Notice this now, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, once again, the primary purpose and focus of our worship in song is to God to praise him, to glorify him. In fact, some songs are actually prayers, if you stop and look at them and think about what they're saying. But here, the Apostle Paul again brings out, just as he did in Ephesians 5 and verse 19, here in Colossians 3 and verse 16, he, he brings out that we also, through the messages and words of those songs, we are teaching one another and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The, the words that make up the songs that we sing in worship, they're full of meaning. They're not just empty words. They're not just, just words that seem to rhyme with one another and fill a page or that they hit all of the right, you know, there are enough words to hit all of the right notes exactly. No, that's not what we're, that, that's not what they are. They are messages, they are teaching, they are admonitions that we are communicating with one another as we all come together to worship God and worship him through those songs. Those words, those songs are messages, are lessons, they're teaching. Again, primarily, we're talking about praising God and glorifying him through the words of those songs. But those songs, the messages within them, have tremendous meaning for us, those of us who are singing those songs. And notice again that Paul says here in Colossians 3 and verse 16, we're teaching and we're admonishing one another, one another. So each one of us has a responsibility as Christians worshiping God through the singing of these songs to be also recognizing that these words of these songs are lessons to each one of us, and as we sing those songs, we're actually teaching those messages to all of those others who are gathered there with us at that particular point in time and in that place, worshiping God through these songs. We're teaching one another. We're admonishing one another. We're speaking to one another. Isn't that a great image? Think about all that can be accomplished as we sing these songs together. Now, some people, they refrain from singing because they say, I, I can't sing. 
as they say, down south. Some people would say, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. People don't want to hear me sing. Yeah, well, God wants to hear you sing. And he's not talking about having the most melodious voice or the prettiest voice. And he's not even talking about necessarily hitting all the right notes at all the right times. But he's talking about our mindset and our attitude and our focus in worshiping him through the words of those songs. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 98 in verse 4. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Break forth in song. Rejoice and sing praises. Shout joyfully to, shout, shout joyfully to the Lord. Now, not just empty shouting, just sounds that mean nothing or even words that really don't convey any meaning, but it's the idea of shout joyfully to the Lord through the words of these songs, through the messages that these songs proclaim and as to how they worship God, and God is listening, and that's worship to him. So it's not about perfect harmony. It's about sincerity. It's about what's coming from our heart. Now, I want us to analyze I want us to analyze the magnificent message that is taught in this one particular church hymn that I talked about a moment ago, again, entitled One Day. And I want to read these five verses. You know, I had sung this song in worship to God many, many times for many years, and only recently listening to another preacher preach from the lines of this particular song, did I pick up on the fact that each, each verse is pointing to one particular day of Jesus, one particular day of Jesus that relates to us personally, each one of us individually. And so I've entitled this particular sermon, Five Days of Jesus. I want to read these verses to you, and I'll leave the chorus to the end. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men. My example is he. And that's the first day of Jesus. He left heaven and came to this earth as our Savior. The second verse One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree, suffering anguish, despised and rejected, bearing our sins. My Redeemer is he. One day, toward the end of his ministry upon this earth, Jesus fulfilled his mission by going to that cross and dying thereon shedding his blood as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilts of my sins and yours. The third verse, one day they left him alone in the garden. One day they rested, one day he rested from suffering free. Angels came down o'er his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. When Jesus died on that cross, Two men, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they put him in a tomb in the garden that was nearby where he had been crucified. They laid him in that tomb 
as people would have been laid in tombs or put in graves, even to this day, once they had died physically. Well, they put Jesus there. They laid his body there. But that was not the end of his ministry upon this earth. That was not the end of his mission here on. The verse talks about angels came down or his tomb to keep vigil. And hope of the hopeless? Oh, my Savior is he. He was not going to stay in that tomb. The fourth verse, one day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Now is ascended my Lord evermore. He came forth from that tomb. He arose victorious over physical death. And he ascended back to heaven after appearing risen to hundreds and hundreds of individuals over the next 40 days. He ascended back to heaven waiting for the fifth day that this song brings out. Verse 5, one day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glory will shine. Wonderful day, my beloved one's bringing. Glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. One day Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And that will be the final day of judgment that God has already planned for and appointed. He will come back to call all mankind to stand before his judgment seat, 2 Corinthians 5 in verse 10. And we will give account of how we have lived our lives before him and before God the Father while we have lived upon this earth in physical form. Now the chorus to this song combines all five of those days in one chorus. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day, he's coming. Oh, glorious day. What a glorious day that will be when our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, comes again to call the redeemed, the saved, the faithful, to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. And sadly and unfortunately, to pronounce eternal condemnation upon those who have not followed him, who have not come to him, who have not been obedient to his teachings. There is no reason why any of us here today listening to this lesson should be among those who will be shut out from the gates of heaven and be condemned to eternal condemnation in hell. Because Jesus has not just come in physical form, but he brought the gospel message of salvation to all of mankind. And you and I have that message embodied within the Bible, the Word of God, Scripture. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And again, believes to the point of obeying. 
what that message calls us to obey, calls us to come to our Lord in surrender, in repentance, in faithfulness, in obedience. One day he's coming back, the fifth day of Jesus, and we need to be ready for him to come back on that day. We need to be preparing for that day right now because it's coming. Just as he left heaven as God the Son and became man upon this earth, just as he brought that gospel message and proclaimed it over a period of about three to three and a half years of ministry on this earth, just as he went to that cross as our Savior and died and allowed his blood to be shed, sacrificing himself to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, just as he arose from that grave after having been buried within, after his physical death, just as all of those days, the first four days of Jesus, transpired to fulfillment. The fifth day, the day the saved can look forward to with rejoicing and anticipation, but the day that the lost, the unfaithful, need to dread unless they turn their lives around that fifth day of Jesus, he will come again. Time will be up to prepare. The days of preparation will have passed, and he will call us to account on that final day of judgment. Are you ready for that day? Have you taken advantage of the first four days of Jesus brought out in this song? We're going to look at each one day by day as we go through this particular series of studies here in Search the Scriptures. And I pray that they will make a profound effect upon your life and that they will help you to be ready for that fifth day of Jesus when he comes again to judge mankind. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much that you did send your son as the perfect sacrifice to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Please, Father, help us to take advantage of your love in sending him, to take advantage of his sacrifice on that cross, to come to you through him for forgiveness and salvation so that we can look forward to eternal life for all of eternity in heaven with you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Help us, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.